Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, but for more info and business wrench related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. This is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson and Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor and also the head of marketing and events at Oxford Head Injury Services, the brain injury charity formerly known as Headway Oxfordshire. Now, after a short introduction from our guest today, in the usual fashion, we're going to be diving into that roundtable discussion where we're going to hear from our guests and explore their experience, expertise and knowledge in a particular area. Now, on today's show, we look forward to welcoming our guests to Magda Charlton from Research Oxford, Naomi Stewart-Hale from Oxford Hospitals Charity and... Me, I'm going to be representing Oxford Headway, Head Injury Services. So, Ben, I guess now is the right place to jump over to the other side of the table and hand over to you and see what it looks like from a solo host show. Mike, I can assure you, it'll all be downhill. Um, no, I'm, I'm sure it won't be. Um, so, um, this is the business branch of Ben and Mike. We'll be welcoming our three guests after this. Get radio. Welcome back to the Business Branch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, today, I'm really, really delighted to uh, be joined by three experts, and we're going to be discussing um, the charity sector, and I'm sure we're going to give you lots of insight into three really, really interesting uh, organisations in Oxfordshire and three experts um, within the field. Um, so let's start with the intros. Um, let's start with you, please, Magda. Um, so Magda, welcome. Please introduce yourself and indeed Research Oxford to the listeners. Well, hi everyone, I'm Magda Charlton. I'm part of a duo of data geeks, otherwise known as Research Oxford. Um, we are an organisation that collaborates with other organisations um, to empower positive change, and that's through enabling them to access evidence-based insights into their work and really empowering them to understand and be able to talk about the impact they have on their beneficiaries. Um, our mission is to support our, chari- uh, sorry, our charities, or charities as well, but also our communities to thrive. And we believe we can do that through really understanding and using um, all the resources that we have access to to make uh, informed decisions. Um, and this means, you know, from trusting your data, that is what it is, what it tells you, um, really understanding the impact that you may or may not be having on other people, um, looking at social value that your work could be d- delivering or is already delivering, or um, championing that kind of really well-informed decision-making at all levels of organisations. Um, a lot of the work that we do links us to um, charities and social enterprises in Oxfordshire, um, which are absolutely fantastic. So Oxfordshire is so very lucky to have them. And I personally feel very privileged to be able to hear 
and see firsthand um, how people and businesses and charities and social enterprises all coming together to really um, challenge and change the status quo um, of a lot of our communities, who many of whom are struggling. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, and I'm very excited to see where this takes us. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, next up is Naomi Stewart-Hale of Oxford Hospitals Charity. Welcome, Naomi. Please tell our listeners all about you and indeed Oxford Hospitals Charity. Hi, Ben. It's great to be here and thanks so much for having me on. So if anyone hasn't heard of Oxford Hospitals Charity, um, I would say we're all about making a difference in our and your local hospitals. Uh, we are here to support the Oxford University Hospitals Trust. So that's the JR, the uh, Churchill, the Nuffield and the Horton General in Banbury. And we're here to support the trust to deliver the best care and the best patient experience they can. Um, I think it's important to point out that although we are supporting an NHS trust, we don't receive any kind of government funding. So we're completely dependent upon the generosity of individuals and businesses um, to support our work. And, um, and actually, a really big part of our support comes from people who have experienced that exceptional care in our hospitals and want to give back and say thank you. Um, but in terms of what we actually do, and if I had a pound for every time I get asked this question, um, I wouldn't need to go out and do fundraising. <laughs> it's a huge breadth of projects and programmes, and it covers everything from gold standard medical equipment, innovative new technology, research, clinical trials, um, as well as music and arts in the hospitals and, and staff wellbeing initiatives. And just to give you an idea of, of one example that really struck me recently, I was at the Staff Awards, which is an annual event that the charity primarily funds to recognise um, staff who have really gone the extra mile and who have really delivered and, um, and displayed uh, acts of compassion. And we heard about a midwife who moved heaven and earth to give new parents four precious days at home uh, with their baby boy to say goodbye because he was he was born very poorly. Um, and the parents nominated uh, that midwife because they were so struck by how compassionate she was um, and what a difference that made to them. Um, and, you know, the Staff Awards is is an annual event. It's about recognising and celebrating that compassion, which inspires other staff to do the same. And I think it's hard to capture sometimes what we do at Oxford Hostels Charity, but I would say we help Oxford to lead the way with exemplary care for our community. Um, and I'm really, really proud to be a part of that. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, and last but certainly not least, uh, Mike Foster. It, it feels weird introducing you as a guest as opposed to the host. Um, but do tell us all about you um, and indeed Oxford Hit Head Injury Services. Well, thanks for inviting me to be a guest, first of all, Ben. I much appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, hopefully, being this our 125th show, our regular listeners know a little bit about me already, but I am the entrepreneur's mentor. I do exactly what it says on the tin. I mentor other entrepreneurs to start, develop and grow their own business. Um, and eight weeks ago, I uh, got more involved with Oxford Head Injury Services um, to support them as the head of marketing and events to look at their strategy, look at their event and fundraising policies, and um, hopefully make an impact and a difference. And it's a charity that's really close to me because uh, my wife had a stroke. Uh, she was driving down the A34, aged only 36. Mother-in-law's had a stroke. Uh, friends had a brain injury. So um, some incredible work our charity does. Our, I guess our vision is that everyone in Oxfordshire affected by a brain injury should receive prompt, adequate and personalised advice. They should also get information and practical support to assist their rehab, maximise their recovery and 
encourage their independence, I guess. And how do we do that? We um, uniquely have what we call navigators um, on the wards in the um, John Ratcliffe in terms of looking the looking after patients in the trauma area and the neurological area so that it may be someone that's had a stroke, a brain hemorrhage, a car accident, et cetera, to signpost them in the right direction for support. That might be support with ourselves or that may be other support in other ways, maybe how they might be able to get some financial funding, et cetera. And that's a really important gap that we certainly missed as a family when my wife had her stroke because you know, we were literally discharged, sent home, and then we had to work out you know, where do we go for funding to cover our income support? Where do we go to funding to get her rehab how do we get the actual rehab etc and we believe that every person who has acquires a brain injury and also importantly their family should be made aware of all the services that are available to them and how they access that support and i guess it again goes beyond that in terms of then where if it's part of that individual's care package then in kennington which is our head office we have a activity and rehabilitation center where everything has a purpose and a benefit to our service users so we don't just play games we don't just do activities like arts and music etc all of those things have a purpose for that person's rehabilitation and we have a, a fantastic gymnasium um, run by Louisa, who, which actually helps the rehab, the movement, the, the muscle development of our service users, also to aid their rehabilitation. And lastly, to mention is we have our uh, one-to-one support, whereby when people feel more comfortable to, as part of their rehabilitation to en- re-enter into their society, um, our one-to-one support helps them you know, catch the bus, to go down the local shops, to get used to using money again. So different levels of support that we're offering as a charity, um, something that is is missing as a gap. We're not centrally funded in any way. And we're looking to, to make a difference with the fundraising that we're making. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much, the three of you, for your intros. Um, Mike, I'm going to stay with you with a difficult question. And um, So as all of the guests get, and we always mock them because it's so tricky, um, it's your turn now to be the other end. Um, what is your song choice and why have you picked it? How many times in 125 shows have I said to our guests, you do not have to do any preparation. Just think about the song that you need to think about and why you're going to choose it. I've not even thought about it. So now I'm going to go with my favourite song, um, The Greatest Showman from the uh, fantastic film in itself. I could choose any one of these songs in this um, on this um, album or the soundtrack because each one of them has a different meaning to me. Discussing topics that impact local businesses and their owners, this is The Business Brunch. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And um, today I'm just delighted to be joined by three experts to talk all about the charity sector and really how the charity sector can interlink with, with the world of business. Um, so Magda, I just want to start the roundtable uh, conversation with you. With that exact statement, how can the charity sector interlink with business to have a win-win for everyone involved? Very good question, Ben. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to answer that. Um, I mean, I think it will be different for every charity that is looking to do that. The same with businesses. I think the the, the main thing about it is that it needs to be meaningful for both sides. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think people are becoming more and more creative. It's not just seen as a one-way transaction of business, giving money to a charity. Charities have so much experience and you know networks it's such an amazing uh, third sector in Oxfordshire that has so much wealth and knowledge in it I think it's starting to be recognized as that as, as something that 
a resource that can be tapped into and used in that way. So I think um, I think me for me, it will be a meaningful relationship that's based on the trading of skills and knowledge that it would be the way to go um, for me. Absolutely. And Amy, I'm just going to bring a similar question um, along to yourself, if that's okay, just in terms of that meaningful relationship. Um, I know um, in, in the time that I've known you, um, albeit a shorter time with with this hat on, um, that you seem to be very focused on creating those meaningful relationships. What What is that kind of thought process that you go through when speaking to somebody that could potentially work with you as a charity in terms of ensuring that it is that really meaningful relationship? I mean, I think for me, at the end of the day, businesses are made up made up of people. And actually, yes, charities, of course, need financial support from businesses. We would be really, really uh, struggling without that. But it's also about businesses being incredible partners, incredible stakeholders and being able to raise awareness of the challenges in our community. Um, and I think Oxfordshire businesses are, are very supportive and very generous um, and want their communities to live well. Um, and and really what I try to do is just to help uh, the businesses that I talk to, the people in those businesses, to really understand the impact that we're making. Um, as a hospitals charity, you know, we are the charity that is there for everyone who lives and works in Oxfordshire. Um, you know, the hope is that you kind of never find out. <laughs> um, mm. But, you know, when you do, you do. Um, and... Uh, and those hospitals wouldn't look the same without the charity um, supporting them. So I think it's really, for me, it's about really raising awareness of, of what we do, because I think sometimes there can be some, some confusion around that. But it's absolutely about relationships. Um, and I think charities um, uh, do kind of best when they recognise that businesses have so much more to offer than, you know, just a, a check. Absolutely. Mike, just just bring bring it on to you. Do you have anything to kind of add add on that point? But before I guess before we move on, I think both both of those I'd, I'd like to to sort of build upon. I think the meaningful relationships. You know, obviously I'm now on the other side of the the fence, if you like, in terms of being a charity, a fundraiser, trying to engage businesses to work with us. And I think I, I think Naomi's right. Every every relationship we have um, relates around communication and interaction and you know how, how best do we um, drive that forward and I remember speaking to Nick Streeter from Special Effect when we were on Twin Town and um, yeah we were enjoying Twin Town but importantly he said yes it was raising some huge money for them which was important but also the awareness that it was raising for the charity in amongst obviously the group of people that were supporting but also who how that would ripple out and it, they like most small charities like ourselves they can't support everybody that you know everybody that's had a stroke suddenly couldn't come to our services and, and get support but if it can be rippled out it's a great way and that's where our corporate partners can really help us by they do getting engaged don't they in terms of the charity that they're supporting i think from the the first question in terms of the interlink i think really what's important is the what's in it for me you know really understanding that and i've just been having this conversation literally um, earlier this week with sabina north who's the ceo of be free young carers and we were talking about the different ways and yes there's you know some business i'm sorry some businesses some individuals want to get involved in the actual fundraising the pound giving but i think many are seeing now well, actually if i do something like an event 
for the pound that I could give, I could convert that into £10, for example, through all the different given aspects. And I think then there's also that there's people that don't really want to get involved in the monetary aspect. They don't want to go to their friends. I've just done a fundraising campaign with my football team for special effects and not all the team wanted to go out to their friends and family and say, can you dip into your pocket because obviously cost of living, et cetera. So there's other people that want to gift things. So that might be their skill, that might be their time, um, that may be and they want to give a product for like a raffle or a, an auction or something like that. I think the thing we need to be mindful of charities is that, you know, we need to educate people that if you've got time, it isn't just about coming and doing our gardening or things like that, which is, as we've seen on previous shows, has been the request. There are other things, you know, as we we know from Oxford Business ne- Community Network, where, you know, teams of our people have gone into charities before and sort of like one person's helped with the finance and someone's helped with the marketing messaging and all that sort of stuff. And that's really powerful. So I think it's that sort of interlinction, but you've just got to, it's like any relationship, any business relationship, isn't it? And I think hopefully that's what I'm going to bring to our small charity is that, that business communication in terms of how we can perhaps work together for a win, 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 win. Absolutely. No, perfect. No, th- thank you um, to the three of you. Really great, great intros there. Um, Magda, something you mentioned in your intro was um, CSR or, or corporate social responsibility. Um, and 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 what I'm keen to kind of build on a little bit there is that I think from all of your kind of points so far, it's people have, have been a big focus of that. How, how do businesses create a CSR policy and how do businesses involve their people in making sure that they completely believe in that corporate social responsibility to impact that wider community? So I don't have an awful lot of experience with policies themselves but I think creating the culture change into um, empowering everyone to to feel like they're part of of the solution you know engaging everyone in the decision making so they understand where it's coming from they align with the purpose like both Mike and Naomi said you know the the highlights they picked up were people that you know, for Mike, it was it was his his wife and and his family. For Naomi, it was parents who were supported by a midwife. It's is this personal connections that are the powerful bit. So I think businesses, if they want um, CSR to to be successful, I think they need to capitalize on those emotions and those personal um, feelings that their employees and, and people linked to them will have. And if they can align that, I think that that's a win for everyone. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Naomi, um, and, and indeed Mike, actually, either, either of you could could comment on this. Um, and I just want to build on on the why, and I want to do it in different sections if that's okay. Um, both of you have um commercial backgrounds. Um, and in Mike's case, still still within their commercial world. Um, and chose to um move move to to the charity sector. Um, what 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 was the reason that you decided to make that leap? And um, has it been what you expected? And what could others expect from making that transition? What a fantastic question, Ben, actually. Um, I, For me, it was very much um, COVID really highlighted to me the importance of doing something with kind of social worth um, career-wise. I I'd, I'd, really enjoyed my sales career. I've worked with managing teams and I've um, worked with, you know, coming up with commercial strategies. Um, but what really attracted me about working in fundraising in the charity sector is you're not selling a product, you're selling impact you're selling the why you're selling the cause um and um for my personal experience during covid um i stupidly started off covid without uh being in a job so um i decided to use that time um to volunteer um and i i volunteered with a local food bank and i did that for for two years um you know one day a week um and i just found it really rewarding and it really 
it just made me feel like, why can't I do this? You know, um, why can't I bring this to my professional life as well? Um, and so I decided to completely retrain and I, I did a, a master's in international relations, which was fascinating and I love studying it. Um, and, uh, and then got my first role in the charity sector. But I think in terms of uh, what have I found, um, I have it's just that really it's that it is business development it is it is selling but it's it's selling impact um and like all business development it's about building relationships Mm. um and that takes time it takes a lot of time um what i love about the charity sector is how much charities collaborate with each other um i'm part of a fantastic networking group called oxfordshire fundraisers forum with around about 30 other oxfordshire charities in it um it was one of the first kind of networking things peer-to-peer networking i went along to and i found it just invaluable you know um fundraising particularly for a smaller charity can be a really challenging job and just being able to have that support and being able to bounce off ideas and things like that um so i think I think that's that's something I really value in in the charity sector, um, and um, yeah, don't don't regret my choice at all. I, I'm really glad I made the leap. Amazing, amazing. What about yourself, Mike? What's what have been your experiences? Well, my, mine mine goes back probably half my lifetime ago when I was 26. Suffered a serious knee injury playing football. Couldn't continue the football, which was taking up quite a lot of my time at that at that moment um, and then threw myself into volunteering and um, I went into the Rotary movement I was chairman of Rotaract which was the junior body for 18 to 30 year olds I was then national chairman for Great Britain and Ireland loved every single moment and I think volunteering and giving back sort of got into my blood my DNA if you like and I think what happened is then I was running the Oxford Business Community Network with yourself and and I had this sort of purpose you know this flag in the sand this is what I was representing and this is what I was this is how I was helping other people you know okay that was businesses at the time and when I um, stood back at the end of last year to let you run that on your own I felt that actually something was missing and it was a conversation with Jamie whether I would go and do a um, a few hours a week with the the team um, to work on their strategy that sort of like re-sparked that. And I thought, well, actually, I've got a flag in the sand again. I've got something that I'm representing. I've got a course that's really close to me. Jamie had been trying to get me as a trustee for a couple of years as well. And obviously, because of my wife's experience that I mentioned earlier, it was a charity that I felt I, I could give that value and that story back to. Um, so, yeah, so, so I joined and um, I would not hesitate, actually, in recommendation in terms of balancing. If you can do what I'm doing is like having an income from a business and having an income supporting a cause that you're close to because actually it's been really leveling for me um you know i can sometimes feel very hard done by i can feel very challenged i can feel very smacked in the face but as soon as i walk, walk into our service and service um, and rehabilitation center and see some of the people whose life has literally just changed overnight it's, it's totally leveling. What's my worries compared to to these people? And I think then I then balance that through in terms of what you said in terms of the expectation. I expected it to be like a business, but not like a business. And I'm not surprised there. It's not quite as I'd expect as a, a sort of corporate business, uh, you know, corporate business, if you like. But there are the structures in that there. Um, I'm really surprised by how supportive the community is. As Naomi said, I did go along to the fundraisers forum for the first time last month, and it was amazing. You know, I've I've seen twenty 
similar type businesses in the same room as a networking event. And they're also like, yeah, stay away from me, stay away from me. I want to speak to this customer, et cetera. Whereas all the, all the people around the room is, how can I help you? Have you thought about applying for this grant? Have you thought about doing this? And God, not keeping that secret to themselves. So re- really loving that. And I've now had, I think it's four meetings in uh, the time that I've started with people like Nick and Sabina that I mentioned earlier, that they're just sharing so much with me about things that I could do, resources I could go to. I think the other thing that has, hasn't has surprised me, but I was quite gobsmacked now of the level, is the politics that's involved. So whether that's the politics internally, uh, maybe with um, different aspects of the, the, the organisation you're working for, or where, more importantly, the politics that are outside of that, whether that's with partnerships or whether that's with Oxfordshire County Council in terms of lack of funding, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that really surprises me because we're, we're all trying, small charities trying to do real good. And I know there's only limited funds, but I'm, I'm really surprised how political the game is really. Mm, absolutely. No, re- really good insight. Really good insight. Um, let's let's go for a tough question. Who should I be horrible to next? Magda, it's going to be your turn. So um, like Mike, uh, you've chosen a song uh, for us this morning. What is your song choice and why have you picked it? So my song is by Melody Gardo. I believe the title is Morning Sun, but in my head it's Honey Child. Um, it's a song that I listen to with my baby girl who's 16 months old. Um, but what really struck me it's, it's a beautiful song but also the lady that sings it if you look at pictures she was always wearing sunglasses and I always thought it was because she was cool but actually if you look into her she had a horrible accident and she couldn't walk for uh, a couple of years and now she's hypersensitive to light and sounds and actually through rehab after her accident she discovered music and started to sing um so I think it really shows that journey and from something really so life-changing and horrible can some something beautiful can be born. So I think it's quite inspiring that way. So that's my choice. Oxfordshire Station Get Radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, today, I'm really, really delighted to be joined by um, three experts um, to really discuss um, with you, the listener, um, what's happening on the ground within the charity sector. Um, and Magda, I just want to bring bring yourself back into the conversation, really, um, and talk about some of the work um, that, that you do as an organisation and uh, really kind of around data of, of what what are you seeing in the charity sector? What what are you seeing as the trends and and what could be useful for s- some some charities who might be listening um, to know about but equally um, those who are just interested within the sector? Yeah, so I think, um, like Mike already mentioned, um, being out there is tough especially for small charities I think donors are starting to look at impact you know they want to understand what the project is doing Mm. how are you going to show me all those very difficult to measure things that charities are actually um, doing every day and I think um, there is this leftover from the past where evaluation was just at the end you know we'll carry it we'll deliver this amazing project everyone's driven by passion and they want to do all those amazing things. And then the evaluation is kind of left at the end because that's something that funder wants us to do. But I think what I'm very, what's something that drives me a lot is that if you think about it as part of the delivery, think about it at the start and understand it, don't see it as a part of your learning. You know, you can really make data and something that's quite boring to a lot of people really quite inspiring and if you make it accessible you can use it as a very powerful tool to not only guide your project but also 
show you all those different pathways of other potential funding streams, of other potential collaborators you could pull in, of you know ways of engaging businesses and other elements. So I think I think that's that's something that I'm seeing charities think about think about more about the impact and and telling the story, but also being more mindful of how they collect data and you know what do we actually need to collect do we need those long surveys is the survey the right tool just really being selective about it and not feeling like you have to use something because a lot of people use it if if it works for you great but if it doesn't it's okay to be selective it's okay to question it and challenge it and make sure it really works for you and it's meaningful for you as a charity to do your thing not because funder wants it it's because you want to do the amazing work that you do so yeah, that's, no. that's what I'm seeing coming through. No, really interesting. And Amy, um, just in terms of uh, yourself as a charity, you're 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 a small local charity. What what do you, what do you f- find um, as as your biggest challenges? What 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 are the big challenges that um, that you have as a challenge uh, as a challenge as a charity? I'm losing my words. Um, that 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 you're dealing with on a, on a daily basis. I think there's a couple of things there. I think. Um, the hardest question that I get is where is the need greatest? You know, where where is where is this money going? Mm. And the nature of our charity is that we have to be responsive and we want to be responsive to need and need mm. changes all the time. You know, during the pandemic, the need was first and foremost about supporting our incredible NHS frontline heroes um, to do the best job that they could possibly do. And we completely pivoted to that Um and, you know, but now it, it's, it could be about um, improving patient experience. It could be uh, it could be looking at elderly care. One in four patients in hospital have dementia, you know. So it, that changes all the time. And that can be quite challenging with businesses, actually, to try and explain that um, whilst we can say that it's going to deliver that, you know, support this particular project. Actually, what we want to be as a charity is responsive. Um, and, and led by need. Um, and we work very closely with the clinician teams um, in, the, in, in the hospitals to make sure that we are delivering what they need. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's definitely one of them. Um, and I think coming back to Mike's point about, about politics, um, as an NHS charity, that, uh, that definitely comes into play. Um, and um, whatever people might feel about the strikes or whatever it might be, I think one of the things people say to me often is, you know, shouldn't the NHS fund this? Um, and my sort of response to that is, I think you could say the same about food banks, you know. Um, inevitably, charities as a sector are always, to some extent, going to be plugging need that, you know, people might argue should be society givens. Um, but does that mean that those people who have that need should lose out because it's a bit politically sticky? I I don't think so. Um, so I think those are probably the two big challenges I come across um, as, as a fundraiser. Um, but uh, I like getting asked the questions, actually. Um, I like rising to the challenge and, and having a good conversation with people about it because it means they're engaging with the with the work of the charity um and i am a huge champion for the nhs um and i will grab any opportunity i can to talk about that so 
Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Certainly that second point, point you made there, Naomi, is absolutely key in terms of, you know, n- nobody should miss out, should they? Um, and actually the, the politics are maybe a, maybe, maybe a debate for another day, but, but certainly the, the end goal is, is really, really key. Um, Mike, just going to come across to you with, with, with you want to build on, on that point, or, or I guess kind of an extension of, a, I think, a point that you regularly, um, I say regularly, you, you've certainly said tw- two or three times on, 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 on past shows is around charities being really good at giving their purpose and their and their why which which businesses could learn a lot from so maybe build on that on naomi naomi and magda's point and, and then also build on that second one if you got your note bad i'm glad you i'm glad you said that Matt. um i'm glad you said that ben because that's exactly what i wanted to say uh um, oh, great was, minds was that point and as we remember from last week's ai show it's no longer your ipad it's some of your uh, ai technology <laughs> that you can hear but uh, um yeah i think from, from my side i really resonate with um magda's point about impact you know i think people now mm. more and more um want to make that impact and, I, and I'll, I'll come back to that um you asked a question around databases and i am um, i do see you know charities organization uh, same as a business. And we have so much data at our fingertips that we don't actually use that well, I don't think. You know, you know, who are our donors? Why are they making donations? What's resonating with them? Um, is it a particular campaign where they've made donations, et cetera? So I think we could um, all, as charities, use our data a little bit better and a little bit more clever, obviously, provided we got permission, must say that, because my friends at Data Basics would, uh, would challenge <laughs> me otherwise. Um, I did a, a a video vlog, if you like, a couple of those on my YouTube about working your database that talks about different ways of looking at your database. So, you know, if there's some thoughts you want to to inspire that in terms of using your database. But I think that sort of like coming on to the challenges, linking that challenges, the impact, you know, for, for me, in terms of what we're seeing is the challenges, we've moved away, we've disassociated from um, the national body, Headway UK. Um, one of the reasons was that people saw us as a large charity because with that association, therefore thought we didn't need the funds. And that's very similar to people like Oxfordshire Mind that, again, they're a standalone um, on their own. And now I guess the challenge is communicating the name change and why we've got the name change and getting buy-in for the name change and recreating that awareness under that brand. But obviously we've got some some great supporters. And I guess looking at that in terms of saying, okay, well, then the answer is why should we donate to you? Of all the thing, all the people, I mean, in Oxfordshire, there's some great charities, as we know, Ben. Um, you know, why should it be you that I should give my hard-earned pound to? And from that perspective, I mean, and you're right, I've always said is that charities as we've experienced at our networking events they come to the room to do their 60 seconds they're really clear on their why why they're in the room i.e to raise awareness for an event or to actually fundraise and they're really clear on the impact that they make and and the cause which is obviously what naomi was saying it why impact and cause and they can communicate that with clarity and i've always said that businesses can learn by that clarity they have however i do think that the charity sector is now having to innovate again you know in terms of saying okay well how do we communicate that message how do we communicate the the impact that we're making. And I think that's actually born out of the back of COVID. It was mentioned earlier, something out of the back of COVID. I think this is, again, I think more importantly now after the back of COVID, we're thinking about ourselves um, a lot more than we are the bigger picture. And it's no, therefore, if I'm going to make a contribution, I want to make an impact, but how do I make a difference rather than does, does my pound go into a pot like children in need and it gets absorbed somewhere, et cetera. But how does my one pound, 10 pound, 20 pound, a hundred pound make a pure difference? And there's some charities like African Children's Fund that do a brilliant example of saying, okay, give a few pence and that feeds a child with porridge for a month. And I know we're all brilliant at that, but it's just, you know, really resonating with that message in terms of how do I truly make an impact? So that would be sort of my overview of the the challenges and uh and, and how we can best use the data amazing no really really good insight really good insight from 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 all of you um 
let's go for one final tough question um and then and then we'll go um then we we'll go to the third part of the round table so naomi what is your song choice and why have you picked it um okay so like mike uh i also didn't give this too much thought until just recently um <laughs> I am, um, and Magda had a beautiful choice uh, and, a, and a really inspiring um, story behind it. Um, I don't. I've chosen Reef, Place Your Hands, for no other reason than I had a really good time dancing to it at the weekend. The Business Brunch Podcast from Get Radio, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Get Radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch um, with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. I'm following that third great choice, but I think the gold star definitely goes to Magda for for reason behind song this morning. Um, we've been speaking with our three experts really on the charity sector. And I think the idea uh, that Mike and I have behind this show is really to give genuine insight into a sector and it's designed to be an interesting show. Um, and, and I think our three guests have, have given so much already. So so thank you to all three of you for that. Um, Magda, I'm I'm going to come back back to you um, with, with, with another tough question question um if, if if that's okay and and really um really going back to to the challenges um within the charity sector if that's okay um and, and i guess um what what do you see as the biggest challenges within the charity sector or within the purposeful sector or i guess if we focus on on robin and um, the kind of people that would be in the room at robin um what what do you see as kind of like the real challenges on the ground and do you see the the cost of living crisis um and all the things that we're reading on on the news do you see that continue Continuing to have a, a, a negative impact, and how can those listening at home help this sector? Mm-hmm. Big question. question. Yeah, I was going to say I don't have another song. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I think the two main challenges that I'm I'm seeing from people that I work with, um, they're also kind of coming through the charities that engage with Robin. It, one is around the kind of internal workings of charity around capacity. You know there's just so much stress and burnout like everywhere but in charities it is felt quite as strongly because of the nature of of issues that those organizations work with and on the other side of that I think that's where you know the um, cost of living crisis and post-covid fallout come in more is the complexity of needs that charities are seeing so you know for example um I work quite closely with a youth charity called Oxfordshire Youth and and the complexity of young people that come through for support has changed and that not only has impact on the amount of support they need but also on the people supporting them because they have to respond to young people who have you know much more complex needs there's mental health involved there is safeguarding involved things like this so I think the, the two sides is one around capacity and working and that includes the funding and that includes the governance and how we use the data that we have time to do it how do we do all of it with limited capacity and also respond to this growing need that changes and it's more complex so I mean solution I don't know um I think again like going back to what we're saying it's the conversations I think and the relationships you know there's like Naomi said we all we all people we have different skills you know and it it might be about supporting with a project it might be about what Mike was saying giving some time to do some finance IT whatever it might be to alleviate some of that capacity that's short it might be about you know providing some mental health support for 
the work. I don't know, but I think it, it all go, boils down to having a conversation and really um, starting with a place where we're both open and not, like Mike said, you know, oh, I'm business, I don't want to speak to you. Let's have a conversation where we're not necessarily asking for anything. We're just having a conversation to get to know each other. And a lot of people are naturally wanting to give and naturally want to help. So I think that's a that's a beautiful place to start with. So let's have a conversation to see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. Re- really, really interesting. Um, Mike will be pleased um, with what I'm about to mention here, um, partly because of the charity angle, but partly because of the Manchester United angle. I never thought I'd have it on radio. Um, but but I think one of the big things that, that we all saw um, during the pandemic was Marcus Rashford, um, who um, I think that goes back to Naomi's point in terms of the politics shouldn't get in the way of, of, of the end result. And I think that Marcus Rashford, very, very well-known footballer, did, did some great work to shed light on hungry children in, in, in its most simple sense. And, and, uh, and I think this can come on quite nicely to um, really kind of a point for, for any of you to answer really, um, or, or give insight to is, is, is a lot of the challenges because there isn't enough light shed on the challenges or is it a lack of resource? And what can we do as Oxfordshire business people? And what can those listening at home do to shed the light on some of those really worthwhile causes across Oxfordshire? I think it's great, great question, man. I think, um, Marcus Rashford did some incredible PR, should we say, and we know he got his um, his hands dirty, if you like, in terms of um, being distributing food, etc. Again, I think part of the the PR piece. It's always for me that how that's then picked up and the momentum's kept because mm. you know, if you to go into this season, he's now for me as a Manchester United fan focusing on his football again. And you know, have you heard about that cause that he was supporting? So you know, who's picked that up? Who's running with that? Um, was it thought through 100%? Because I know locally there's been examples where, you know, the vouchers have been given out to families and the families have spent that money on at the supermarkets in terms of beer and wine and cigarettes, etc. So is it getting to the actual cause rather than perhaps the children coming into their school to get their meals in school holidays, etc., etc.? So I think there's an element in terms of light you know, shining the light. You know, I think we all as charities look for patrons, ambassadors that can help us shine a light, if you like, as you as the phrase you use on the charity that we're supporting. Um, but I think then it's the lack of resources in terms of whether that's time or whether that's um, money to actually then take the take the idea forward. And we know Rashford himself has put a lot of money behind his own cause, but you know, was that enough to get a charity of that awareness off the ground? Was that enough to break into the the message of politics, if you like, um, because of how slowly that wheel turns. By the time they they make a decision at government about some of the things that he's campaigning for, then we'll be on to something else as a need, etc. So that's, that's some initial thoughts from me. How about yourself, Naomi? or Maggie? Yeah, I think um, something I hear a lot from Oxfordshire businesses is there's so much need. I, you know, I want to support everybody. I can't possibly support everybody. I don't want to pick and choose. Um And my feeling about that as somebody new to the charity sector and a bit gung-ho is that I think as businesses and as charities, we need to look at how we can work, like how charities can work together and charities can work together with businesses to enable businesses to support more causes in a more meaningful way. Like I thought it was fantastic to see... um, uh, Sobel and Seesaw teaming up recently for the um, for the Lego walk. And I'd love to see kind of more things like that, but not just about a fundraising event, actually looking at how does my charity intersect with this charity and 
which business or businesses can support us in those goals. Um, because for me, a community living well is, you know, that touches housing, that touches health, that touches um, education. We're all part of this ecosystem of um, supporting our communities. Um, and uh, and I think we as charities need to have honest conversations with businesses about breaking down the sort of barriers to being able to kind of team up on both sides um, to to kind of bring those you know causes forward. Um, mm. Perhaps that's a good time, Naomi, to give a good shout out to our listeners, the our businesses, to say you know your idea that you brought to the fundraising forum about having a group of charities in effect pitch to businesses to say, look, you might have not have chosen your charity of the year or whatever it is, but here's an idea of how we could all work together and put that through let's get some listener feedback in into the to the radio from that amazing yeah amazing it just goes back to what mike was saying a little bit as well i think it again is going back to understanding what's out there um you know for example if you think about oxfordshire if you ask about people about oxfordshire they would say wealth they would say green they would say access to spaces and actually it's, I think it's about one in six children live in poverty. You know, we have in certain areas, it's about a third of pupils in schools are on preschool meals. Um, and, you know, the, the areas that are kind of uh, the more deprived, both women and men live about 15 years less than people living in wealthy areas. And that's just within the wow. county. And we don't know about that. Um, so I think it's really understanding what's happening on our doorstep and then one of these things will resonate with you uh, and I think you know if you think we have two world-class universities we have so many amazing brains you know if, if we can solve that who can so I think mm. you know again coming together having that conversation and seeing what we can do like Naomi was saying collaborating let's try to remove the politics and there's so much comp the competition element charities will be a bit protective about what they do how can we overcome that and and have those honest conversations how can we put resources together and have real impact rather than short-term funding let's do something long-term commit to something because change doesn't happen overnight it takes time but if we can do it right i think it'll have a big impact amazing wow Wow, what what a way to to, to end the show! Uh, what a way to end the show on, on such a great point. And um, thank you so much um, to the three of you for for sharing such such insights. Um, I, I think if you're a business person, I think if you're a charity person, or I think in fact if you are a person, you will have had a notepad full of really really good hints and tips there um, throughout the last hour. So um, thank you to our three guests on the business brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio today. Uh, we've had Magda Charlton um, of Research Oxford, Naomi Stuart Hale of Oxford. Hospitals charity, and we've had Mike Foster of Oxford Head Injury Services back to presenter next week. So, thank you so much to the three of you uh, for your time and contribution to our discussion. Thanks, Ben. It's been lovely to have been a guest. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks so much, Ben. I'm back with my host hat on. Uh, just to remind you that you've been listening to The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Next week, we have a sole guest, which is Ian Farrington from ProDev UK. And Ian's going to be talking to us about writing and publishing a book, and specifically his brand new book. 
And it's that usual reminder that you can catch our show in various different formats. Our podcast comes out on a Monday via all the favourite podcast platforms. Just search for Business Brunch. Our video comes out on a Tuesday on the Get Radio Facebook page and on their website. And of course, you can catch the show via DAB in Oxfordshire or online each Sunday at 11 o'clock. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll see you next week.